Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Had the Maguindanao massacre gone the way the Ampatuans planned it, the entire convoy would have disappeared. That backhoe would have buried all 58 victims and the vehicles that carried them, leaving behind no trace of the crime. But that's not what happened. The killings, which had been described as barbaric, gruesome, and despicable, had sent shockwaves not just in the Philippines, but the rest of the world. The Ampatuans now had to deal with something they weren't used to being held accountable. I'm Pam Pastor, a journalist from the Philippine Daily Inquirer. I'm also the host of Super Evil, an Inquirer podcast powered by Puma Podcast. This November, you'll hear me here on Teka Teka as we release stories to commemorate the 12th anniversary of the Maguindanao Massacre. For so many years, the Ampatuans had been getting away with all kinds of atrocities. And we don't just mean corruption and land grabbing, although there is plenty of that. There are so many horrific stories about the cruelty people have suffered at their hands and those of their men under their orders. Abductions, torture, decapitation, sexual assault, bombings, shootings, even murder by chainsaw and samurai swords. In 2010, Human Rights Watch published a report that quoted an Ampatuan militia member saying, In Maguindanao, the word of the Ampatuans was the law. It was either you said yes or you got yourself killed for daring to say no. For so long, they felt like, and they were, above the law. This clan of ruthless warlords and political demigods was so powerful they could conjure townships out of thin air. Zaldi Ampatuan, son of Andal Ampatuan Sr. and brother of Andal Jr., was governor of what was then the autonomous region in Muslim Mindanao. And his family took advantage of his influence by creating municipalities out of nothing so they could put more relatives in government positions, increasing their power. At the same time, it was Zaldi who was most worried about repercussions as he helped plan the Maguindanao Massacre. According to court documents, early on, he reminded his co-conspirators, Dapat malinis ang pagkagawa dahil kung hindi malinis, madudungisan ang pangalan ko at makukulong tayong lahat. At another meeting, he said, Todo suporta ako dyan. Kahit lahat ng baril ko, gamitin nyo. But again, he reminded them, kailangan malinis ang pagkakatrabaho. Before the massacre, he said, Kung yan ang final decision natin na patayin silang lahat, ay pupunta ako ng Maynila para hindi tayo mahalata at magtawagan na lang tayo. True enough, he wasn't at the massacre site, but he was still giving orders. Months after the massacre, 
In their dialect, Zaldi told his father that he was okay with his brother, Andal Jr., taking the blame for the massacre. Father, I will accept that it's only Datu Unsai who did this because I'm suffering. I cannot take it to be inside the jail. Datu Unsai is the nickname of Andal Jr. Later, Zaldi would pin the blame on his father and brother. Andal Jr., Zaldi's brother, also couldn't take being in prison. His father's request that he only be surrendered under the care of then-President Gloria Macapagal Arroyo could not be granted. She was already under fire for coddling the clan. And so Andal Jr. languished in his detention cell, professing his innocence, complaining that it was too hot, and saying that it was hard for him to breathe and that he had asthma. He also complained that there were ghosts in his jail cell. This was the man who, after his father said to spare the media who were part of the convoy, said, Hindi, ama. Lubos-lubosin na natin ito. Eh, ginagawa rin natin ito. Lubos-lubosin na natin. Patayin silang lahat. Makapagsalita pa kung hindi natin ubusin. To which his father replied, Mabuti. And so Andal Jr. let bullets rain on people who were begging him to spare their lives. After the massacre, when Andal Jr. heard that soldiers were coming their way, he and his men fled the site, his shirt still soaked in blood. He boarded a motorcycle, and when the roads could no longer be traversed by the vehicle, Someone found an unfortunate horse for him to ride, but he fell off of it. Andal Jr., who was said to be laughing as he killed his victims, hid in the mountains for hours. And then there was the old man, Andal Sr. A witness told the court that he was, quote-unquote, all smiles when he found out everyone in the convoy had been killed. Over a week later, when he found out that the military was closing in and martial law would be declared in Maguindanao, he tried to escape from his mansion by scaling the fence. They headed towards the mountains, but then went back to the mansion because they thought of another plan for him to evade arrest. They would pretend he was sick and transport him to Davao via ambulance. A witness told the court how, during this ride, he would place an oxygen mask on the old man's face to make it look like he was ill. But all this drama wouldn't pay off. Andal Sr. would still be arrested, tried and found guilty, just like Zaldi and Andal Jr., He died of liver cancer in 2015. The penalty of imprisonment of reclusion perpetua without paroles pursuant to RA 9346. Zaldi and Andal Jr. may be behind bars, but 12 years after the world-famous crime, dozens of suspects remain at large. And that was today's episode of Teka Teka. Again, I'm Pam Pastor, a journalist from the Philippine Daily Inquirer. 
Join me again this month as we release our final story to commemorate the 12th anniversary of the Maguindanao Massacre. You can also listen to our six-part podcast on the Maguindanao Massacre. Just search for Super Evil, A Beautiful Place to Die on your favorite podcast app. This episode was written by myself and produced by Trisha Aquino. Audio editor is Presh Capistrano. Also follow Teka Teka and Puma Podcast wherever you get your podcasts.